guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, we're going to go back to one of our favorite games. Uh, we haven't played it in a long time, and it's called Explain This Movie to Cody. Because it's a David Lynch film, and we're talking about Lost Highway. So let's just start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. <laughs> I did not hit her. It's not true. Clopex. 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 Up yours, baby. Me and Bubba, my little brother, listen to you every night. Where in the hell are we? I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cold this week. We really appreciate it. Make sure you do us a solid. Head over to our iTunes page, subscribe there, and leave us a review. If you do, we'll give you a shout out at the end of the show. That's right, we have a new one to do tonight. Uh, we are they're just rolling in. What is rolling in? The word is out. The word is out. The, get us reviews. The words are rolling in. Yeah, because you Everything know what, guys? It, in. The more reviews we get, the closer I get to quitting my job. So I need about. Ten more thousand of these. Ten so, more thousand. Wait, yeah. wait, not yeah. ten thousand more. I hope no. your boss doesn't listen thousand. to this podcast. Yeah, why? Maybe he'll write. Maybe he'll I write hate another my thousand job reviews. And I want to quit. No, no, I will <laughs> never. Oh, that gives me an out. No, I will let me go. Go, I will jump never on stop now. selling insurance. That's for sure. Oh man, I will just cut back on it. Doesn't that sound exciting when you say it out loud? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I will just cut back on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and yeah. do the podcast more. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. You know, nice little if you, balance. If you could there. do this yeah. job full time, you'd be like, yeah, but you know, maybe I'll work a, a Wednesday or well, a Friday. You said if my, <laughs> yeah, you said if my boss is listening. So, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I would. <laughs> yes, You're I would. a man dedicated to yeah. your craft. Because yes. I care. That's the thing, guys. That's what is happening right now? We're just I, talking about how much I care. All right. Also, guys, do this for us. Check when you're on iTunes after yeah. you've wrote, wrote the review. Check this out. We have opened the floodgates, and you can go back to the infancy of the show now on iTunes and get all of our episodes and hear us in our terrible NPR oh, voices. Oh, uh, so bad. Yeah, and you can hear us talk about how great our week was, or it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Remember we used yeah. to do that? We did that yeah. for like 50 episodes. It's a lot of get to know you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so there's about 50, you there's this about week? 50 bad ones in well, there. Well, I saw I'll a crazy thing I'll, on the freeway. I'll tell you this. Yeah, that's right. You told a crazy thing on the freeway. My favorite episode ever was the Warriors episode because that episode started out with Mike Mike uh, took a spill on his bike on the bike path and he yeah. told a good story about that, that was a, about that, a couple old guys on bikes who ran him off the road yeah that's a See, mystery you, making you can episode. go you go back and listen to I think the Warriors is like the fourth episode or something like that <laughs> the depressing thing is that we're going to be talking about people who are not dating anymore <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. It's like so oh, many of us are just like, yeah, I went without my girlfriend that day. And yeah. Like that, or, that my, or, gone. My, or my wife, Mike. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> a lot Some of, of us that don't have wives it. anymore. I didn't, I, I didn't say is it. Is that what you mean, Mike? I didn't Mike? say it. I didn't uh, say it. So go back and listen to. When us. Cody had a <laughs> wife. <laughs> <laughs> listen, to when, the, listen to the four guys yeah. through the years. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Watch, watch us grow. <laughs> the only one that's been consistent in the group is Chris you know, here. We've loved, we've lost. It's all it's happened right except, here on Except Cold for Chris. Except here. for Chris. Except for Chris. Chris has been yeah. the most consistent in the show. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Fair, oh, fair enough. So floodgates. Oh, go find the episode where the where the AC went out. <laughs> oh. That's a good one. That's yeah, a good like one. 110 degrees it's... in the room, and we all were very angry at each other. Yeah. I feel like that was <laughs> they live. It could have been they live. 
It might have been no, no, no. That was before that. It was before they live. I can't remember which one it was, but that episode is kind of oh, funny because we were all was it like about rape or we some are. shit? No, earlier than that. Yeah, I don't go back and check it out. Yeah. No, you, you, you find let us it. Know in the comments you find below. it. You guys find it. So uh, tonight we are talking about Lost Highway. It was directed by David Lynch. Came out in 1997. Had a budget of 15 million. Made 3.7 million in the box office here in the U.S. Uh, if you don't know what it's about. A jazz saxophonist is framed uh, for a murder of his wife and then sent to prison. I don't know if he's framed or not. That's up for debate. Uh, <laughs> where the inexplicably, uh, he morphs into he, a young. Uh, he he, he inexplicably, I can't say it either. <laughs> inexplicably. inexplicably. He does that. Inexplicably <laughs> metamorphosizes. Into a young mechanic and becomes, uh, it, starts, it begins leading a new life, so to speak. Shall we say somewhat per se, somehow ish, <laughs> some ish. other form form of life? Nah, yeah, it's something. I'm so confused. Are you? Yeah. Wait, really? what's happening? I, we're not gonna get. We're not gonna get oh, okay. there yet. Let's but, get there in a minute. Uh, right, cool. This is this is Chris is picking. We're wondering who Chris is. We'll get to him in a second. But okay. first, <laughs> I would like to introduce Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Willenbrick. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salusio. Hello, everybody. Chris, this was your pick. Yeah. Why'd you pick David Lynch's Lost Highway? Well, because we, we've we done a lot of really fun, like, upbeat movies, like, weird kind of stuff Yeah, lately. we've been doing a lot of crowd pleasers. A lot of stuff, crowd. <laughs> stuff our fans like to listen yeah. to. Right, right. What's in, we've been hanging out in the 80s, in the 90s, I feel like, for a while, so... You know, but I wanted to go like a to a different mood. I wanted to try something something that we hadn't done in a while, uh, something a little deeper and and maybe a little more thought provoking. So, Lost Highway film that uh, I wanted to try out. We did Blue Velvet before, and 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 I think that was enough. That was mm-hmm. you know a little bit of an interesting one. So I want to see if this is. You want, you want to see how we feel after you know what's, after doing more schlock? I can tell you that, or at, after having seen a David Lynch film start to finish. Well, here's the, here's the thing that I I would say. I feel like this is kind of directed at me. Can <laughs> no, I say it's this? Not, it's no, not. Why, why would you think that? Because I'm I, I I'm not the biggest. I'm just not the biggest fan of these movies. But I can say f- from doing the the last David Lynch film that we did to this one, I definitely have much more of an appreciation. Mm, that's good. Now that's good. You know, because mm-hmm. I remember leaving that episode, and I I think I remember even telling you right after the episode, like oh, I don't feel like we like covered enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, which is hard because there's a lot to cover. I mean, this is a big package to unpack. But like, I yeah. mean, um. I think this one might be a little bit easier to do that with than Blue Velvet. I don't know if if that makes. I think it's uh, this e- this it's easier to compartmentalize things yeah. in this one uh, than it is like Blue Velvet. What? Yeah. Oh, let's get into this. Yeah, we oh, will. Oh, oh, oh. Who here has seen this film before? I definitely had. Oh, I don't even know. We no, just joking. <laughs> yeah, I have seen this film. <laughs> I have not seen this movie before. Uh, I had not seen it before either. So first time watches for me and Kyle. This is. Uh, so this is how many watch how, how many times did you, when did you guys first see it? Uh man, when, when I I've seen this probably you know, three times, three or four yeah. times. Probably, I probably saw it when I was like fourteen, like 13, 14, 13, really? 14 somewhere yeah. in there. What year would have that been? Uh early. We know 2000s, what you were. Early. We know what yeah. you were doing, sinner. Um, <laughs> sinner. <laughs> no, you were doing a little sinner. <laughs> I went through a huge David Lynch phase where I like just. Watched every David Lynch film I could. I watched all the short films. Like I got, yeah. Like it, it was like while I was in film school, 
I got a I got a big old hard on for. Well, I think yeah. it's easy Lynch. to do because it, it you're what his films I at least do for me is they all feel like a puzzle that I need to put together and maybe some things don't mean anything and maybe like but there's probably a good chunk of things that were purposely done for a reason written a certain way performed a certain way you can tell when you watch you know one of his films it seems particular. So I always want to like unwrap what his films are and maybe I'm on a wild goose chase. I don't know, but it's still fun to like, think about. I it. question that when I watch his films, I, I question it. Am I on a wild, like, am I looking for meaning and stuff just because it's a, I think uh, it's because it's a David Lynch stu- film. Like, is there any real true meaning in, in some choice or, or something like that? Like, did we get into his history? Like his, his, yes. mod- his, in the Blue last Velvet? one. We did. did. We, we yeah. talk a lot about like his whole, Background and yes, we did. I feel like it really does say a lot for the type of films that he makes. Give us a brief synopsis of it. I mean, like he's he's a paint. He I think even to this day he considers himself a painter before he's a filmmaker or anything. I mean, I think he considers himself an artist. Yeah, it, like overall, but I feel like he 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 makes films that are visually and I suppose ambiguous. So to speak, like like you would see a painting and say this gives me the mood of this. It gives me the feel of this. He does that a lot, and he's also uh, he's also a practitioner of transcendental meditation. It's all about kind of like really like leaving leaving yourself behind. I don't know much about. I mean, I'm not a huge right. right I'm not right. a practice practitioner. Transcending to a higher plane yeah, of existence. Yeah, there is, yeah. It's more than just what's here on Earth. There's there's other things that you have to look for look towards. Yeah, and uh, he's a big believer in that. And I feel like a lot of his work kind of shows. Yeah, but where he's at in that. The thing that I'm kind of wondering that I was just curious, but it's not really like I, I I like the guy's personality and his artistic background. That's fine. I can totally understand all of that. I guess I'd be way more interested in seeing in watching a movie that David Lynch would watch. Like where does his I guess I don't oh, fully yeah. appreciate where does his influences come from? Like where is all this film noir come from? I think Jodorowsky. Phil- is a lot I think he gets Jodor- a I think he gets a lot of. I think he's influenced a lot by Jodorowsky. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm saying just where did by, all the film noir come guessing. from? He's just guessing. He's not saying asking. it's a fact. Well, I'm, I'm sure he watched uh, as many uh, Maltese Falcons and you know Casablancas as anybody. Well, they both yeah, got chosen to do Dune, like a, right? <laughs> he, they did both get chosen to do Dune, and I think that says a lot about their their choices as yeah, filmmakers. I think yeah. they're both you know experimental filmmakers. I. When yeah. I see sometimes when I see David Lynch's films, I can't help but think that he had to have seen those films when he was younger. He probably and appreciated them. them. Yeah. yeah, he probably but did. It also there's also a part of me that thinks is this just the type of film that comes out of a very highly spiritual person who is is pra- is practicing something that that may that may not be mainstream. What? Well, Jodorowsky is also a very very super spiritual, very yeah. But you, do you? I mean, let me ask you this, and, and that's and that's influenced do in his you work. Get, you can do, see that. Do you see that in this film? I don't see that in I, this film. Is his, his, his? Yeah, I think a lot of it. Really? Yes, a lot. Like you're gonna have to explain this to me. I again. will. I will definitely because there are, there are different things that I feel are themes in David Lynch films, like red curtains. I saw red curtains. No, no, no in this not, film. not necessarily physical see? ones, God but damn it. but also like <laughs> mental uh, things that we all actually have probably experienced to some extent, but that we don't pay attention to. Hmm. All right. Lust. Let's dig into it. Lust? No, no. That that would be something that we all know about. <laughs> but I feel like <laughs> that, that was like a major part of this film. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like, for instance, like I I feel like a lot of his his films have dream aspects to them. Totally. Right. Yes. Like this idea that like 
when you tell a dream to somebody, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, man, I was walking through this field and I saw my girlfriend and then she turned into my mom, but like it sounded like, you know, like my first grade teacher. Yeah. And he said this word that, like none of that really makes a lot of sense, but it's narrative. Mm-hmm. Like you can tell a story with it, right? And I feel like a lot of his films have that, like where it's like, okay, this weird voice is coming out of this small man who came up behind a red curtain that just turned blue for whatever reason. Like, there's a lot of those kind of things. And I I really do feel that David Lynch really does, like, maybe even dream, and he really catalogs that kind of stuff. And I think that that's stuff that he, like, probably purposely puts into film. It's possible. I mean, he did predict Robert Blake's... <laughs> Oh my god! Being a fucking creepy murderer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, maybe. A, yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, this we should this, we should make a movie about a wife murderer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Shit. Let's put Robert Blake in it. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> too soon? No, it's not too no. soon. Don't worry. We can, we can say anything we want about Robert Blake. I think it's over by <laughs> this time. We can get away with anything. <laughs> Guess what? Uh, he was guilty. <laughs> no but, question. Yeah, I don't know. There's, I have a lot of questions. You know what? Well, let's get let's get to those questions. Chris, when we come right back. We've met before, haven't we? I don't think so. Where was it you think we met? At your house, don't you remember? No, no, I don't. Are you sure? Of course. As a matter of fact, I'm there right now. And we're back mm. talking about Last Highway. Yes, we are. What year did it come out? 1997. That's 77. correct. 1997. Sure did. Mike, you've been our the plot king lately, so let's let's roll it back over to you. <laughs> this is going to be a tough one. Because for the plot of this film, because I'm I don't know. Interested. He's only been on schlock films. Can he well, handle... Just, tell us, just take us through the I'm story. Gonna, I'm going to do it as objectively as yeah, possible, because so much of this film is deeper. But it's about... A, I, I, on the four, on the face of it, it's a, about a uh, jazz saxophonist, a popular one, I imagine. Um, he's married to his very beautiful wife with bangs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he gets starts getting sent these videotapes of what appears to be somebody videotaping his house. And then as they progressively keep getting sent more videotapes, it starts getting into the house. Then it's like over their bed. And, uh, you know... They call the cops. Cops are just like, all right, well, we'll try to stake it out and stuff like that. They go to a party. He meets a very dark figure um, who plays this really weird trick on him where he's like, I'm in your house right now. And he hands him a phone. He says, dial your house right now. He dials it. It's him. He's like, how, how, how did you do this, David Blaine? It's one of those moments. Um, he goes back. And then the next videotape he sees is him murdering his wife. Flash forward, he's incarcerated. Uh, and f- for reasons we don't really get clear clear answer to he gets transformed into another person and then the life is through not a bill Pullman's character but balthazar getty's character and he meets another woman who looks exactly like bill pullman's wife and has an affair with her despite being kind of like chummy chummy with a mob boss who uh very 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 uh pulp fiction situation <laughs> mob boss is into a girl and he's got to take the girl out and things happen and shit like that calamity and ensues it. yeah and calamity ensues it's much more than that, but I mean, at the face, I think that's the only thing I can really. Yeah, that's go good. With. That's perfect. So, okay, first thing, let's just talk about the first thing right off the bat here. Let's do it. 
Balthazar Getty. Great name. Great name. <laughs> Balthazar Getty. Great name. Great name for film. First thing, oh, right off the bat, that I had a hard time with in this film, and this is probably one of the biggest things that bugged me, and I said it earlier. Um, Timmy. With this movie, is this weird aesthetic like look of 90s and 50s mixed together. And yeah. for some reason, for me, it didn't blend very well, so it kind of took me out of place in the first half of the film. Especially the first half of the film. I was the first half of this film with Bill with old Bill Pillman, who is not one of my favorite actors. Um, it's it, great Independence Day. It, <laughs> Give that rousing speech. Yeah, <coughs> stop the aliens. If it, it wasn't was, for a speech. They this, wouldn't steal the aliens. The first <laughs> when it never happened. The first half of this film is kind of just really slow. Mm-hmm. And that kind of kills it a little bit for me. And then the second half picks up. But um, the saxophone thing, man, that was hard. <laughs> Bill that Bill, was hard, dude. Bill Pullen plays the saxophone like he's trying to inflate a NBA basketball <laughs> to regulation size and pressure. Like, yeah. he doesn't want to get an inflate gate, so he's making sure it's at exactly two pounds. <laughs> he's going at that thing hard. I actually thought about his performance on that, and I was like, it's convincing to me. Uh, Can I be honest with you? I, actually, I think it actually... Chris, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you, because and when we start talking a little bit more about like what we think about the film or where we think this is going, I think it really plays into what I feel like his character is all about. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. But it, can I, it, I, I will agree with you, Cody. It looks fucking ridiculous. It does. <laughs> well, just the idea is kind of different. I mean, you don't typically, that's not your like lead guy you open with is like a saxophone Oh, that player. dude, I posted yeah. it. I post. I sent you guys that he's, it's been done better before. You were really quick on Nightman. It was yeah. Nightman, yeah. Nightman, right in my head. Really quick on Nightman. Oh, Man. shit, that's right. That's, the, right. that's the one he owned a Prowler, too. Yeah. He drove that Prowler car. The and... Nightman played, that was his, that was like oh, his man. secret identity, was like this, the sexy jazz saxophonist at the club, which yeah. is Bill Pullman's character. And the, the, here's the other thing that really kind of bugs me about the first half, and I, I feel like this is director's choice on this one. The dialogue and the acting choices are so goddamn cardboard. Well, no, well, no, hold on a no, sec. Yeah. Hold on a sec. We they well they are, but we discussed previously on the last day that that's just how David Lynch does. Yeah, it. like there's not a film that I feel like. I mean, except for yeah. So like that, that's what thing. I it's painfully noticeable to me, but I kept reminding myself. Well, last time we discussed, I haven't seen a lot of David Lynch's. This is the second David Lynch film that I distinctly know for a fact I've watched. Like. So I'm gonna accept the fact that that's that that's like that's how he directs his actors. That's fine. But also like his dialogue. I understand where you're coming from. It's not uncommon to hear a David Lynch like scene that's like, I like cheese. You like cheddar though? Yeah, I like cheddar. It's cheese, isn't it? And that's the line. Like that's it. Like no, that's, true. that's a common thing to see in a yeah. weird one David Lynch thing. Film. But here's My- here, let me jump in and say this real quick about it about the about the acting choices in this. So the. To me, especially in the first half, it's all about the tension between him and his wife. Mm-hmm. And that's the, why there's these long, dramatic pauses. And there's he's, he's always kind of creeping around behind her and startling her. And, you know, it's just like, like it's all about the, like, the subtlety, it, it, but also, like, showing how extreme the situation is between him, uh, her and him because he's extremely jealous. Like you can tell, he thinks that there's some already, shit going already. on. Already, I know Chris and yeah. you are on the same page. Yeah, he's super jealous. <laughs> on the like, same page. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, because he thinks his wife is cheating on him, and so you can feel that tension when when you watch these scenes between them two. I did not feel the tension. I saw 
the tension. I saw from a direct, from like a filmmaking or a storytelling side, I saw all the ingredients to try to drive home the tension is happening, but I did not feel tension. See, my biggest issue with the first half of the movie is it almost it, and this is the, probably the director's choice or something, but it just feels like it's 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 moody to be moody. It's almost more moody and tone than is actually necessary. It almost feels like it's so everything is just overly heavy handed. Whereas like the the back half definitely mellows out. It becomes it becomes a little more I think fleshed out to for me personally. Better story, but well, it's just more fast paced. But well, it's and it's not even fast paced really a whole lot. It's just there's more. I mean, maybe it's just flushed out a little bit more. But this one just feels like it just feels like vignettes of these scenes and like they really kind of just came off as almost like it almost felt like it was written by somebody who was like going through like a bad relationship or an ending marriage. And it was just these vignettes of moments where this is how he actually felt. Like when she, she just gives him like the good job pat on the back after they fuck type of thing. Is that how you saw that? That's not how I saw that. Oh, really? You didn't see uh-uh. it that way? Uh-uh. How did you see it? I didn't even take it anyway. See, so. now, I, I'm, I'm kind of on Chris's page here. I think there is this... So I... This is... And, uh, I get I get where you guys are coming from, by the way. No, no, no. I get the I jealousy, and I see all the but cues I actually for think that. Going into that... I you think like, she was tapping out? There's a lot of suspicion, no, no, too. No, 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 no. Um, what I think is, is like... I think it, it's everything. It's, it's what Chris said. There's those moments where he's, like, coming to the show, and she's like, I'm reading a book, and it seems like he doesn't believe her, kind of. And then he makes a weird kind of like jokey thing, and there's all so much tension. Like the pauses in it lead to there's something there, right? Like okay. that. I'm just kind of hanging off of like yeah. him being like, "What is he gonna do? He gonna haul off and do something? Right, right. Like, what is the deal here?" And then, and then there's this this um, saxophone playing, right? Where it's sure. like it's super aggressive, right? It's like really aggressive. Right. For yeah. a fa- saxophone. it looks like he, he just doesn't really know how to play, and he's just trying. No, really well, no, angry. But actually, to be honest with you, yeah, that's what I'm, I'm agree with. I think that the point of Bill Pullman's character throughout this entire thing is that he is like this smoldering flame. That's like the he, the whole time he plays the entire scene. It's like you, he looks like a dude who's gonna snap at any yeah, fucking moment. He does <laughs> like he's just gonna snap. Now the sex scene that happens, I feel like he really kind of like is railing her. Like he's really. It's 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 aggressive, right? It it seems like he's just using her, kind of a thing. What? Like you can feel like the real rage behind the sex that he's having with her, and I think the pat on the back is her kind of acknowledging like that she knows that like yeah, I know, I know that you're jealous of me. I know. See, I, t- I took the this thing. scene totally different. Did you? I took this. I took that particular scene, the sex scene, as. He he wanted to try to have sex with her, but he couldn't. Yeah, like, but there's he something couldn't. blocking it though. There's something he there's couldn't. There's something he blocking it. He couldn't quite get there because <laughs> what's blocking it is it's the anger. He doesn't trust her. Well, yes, he, and she acknowledges he, that. He he believes in there, and he believes she's cheating on him, and, and it is confirmed later in the film that she was, and so that's what drives this rage. Yes, I agree with you. Yes, yeah. that's what I think is what she is believes he's. Cheating no, I can see what they're saying. He, Believes she, that she's listen, cheating yeah. on him. Uh, guys, I can hear. No, I saw all of that. Though. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, and I saw that too. But man, you're making it sound like fucking good. <laughs> 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 like I don't. I like. I'm sorry. I did not get any say, of the emotion say, of the, like that. that sex scene as being very aggressive in any at way. All. Didn't it, get no, that it at all. No, it was pathetic. It was pathetic. Like what I'm saying is, is like there's it, there was a rage behind it. I don't mean like I don't mean that I, he was grabbing I her and rage. just slamming that, her that, to death. That might be the the where I'm getting the awkwardness in the acting then because dude, I did not pick up of any like 
of that stuff like in the sex scene. I didn't, I didn't even catch like catch on to any of that. Let's ask a question. I just thought it was like two people, two huh. two adults having consensual sex. Consensual. Really? <laughs> Let's ask a question. It's, it's a weird, uncomfortable question. Did he finish? What? I did ask myself that. Did he finish? I did ask myself that. I don't that. think so. I don't think he did. I don't think he did either. And I think it was it like, it was an, oh, that's okay that you right, didn't. Right, right. But I also think that she kind Pat. of acknowledges the fact there's a reason why he didn't finish. There's something going on there. There's something she, fucked up. And throughout the entire think, scene, listen, I feel like it's so much, it, especially when she's with the guy, uh, is it Pete or Paul or what, who's the guy that, the guy with a weird... Uh, with John the pencil, Waters. the pencil yeah. thin mustache. There's oh, definitely, he definitely like Andy doesn't. Or yes, yeah, Andy, you're right. Thank you. He doesn't like, also. He doesn't like that connection. He doesn't like that they're hanging out. He gets. You can tell he kind of yeah. suspects some shit. He's, he suspects everybody. Yeah. It's it, it it's it. Yes. I. It, this is all clearly obvious in the film. All of the right. stuff that you're describing. It's all painfully obvious. Okay. But it's just not. I I didn't see all these levels of emotion that you are describing. I see uh, I, I see Maybe the I actual just... like I see the the event. Yeah, I that see the says event. I oh that he doesn't trust her. It's it's made painfully obvious by when she sees her walking out of the fucking club with the dude when he questions her if she's going to come to the show when he calls her from the show and she doesn't pick up. Obviously, yeah. he just assumes she's cheating on him. That's fine, but I just don't see. The rage and over energy, or the fact that the pat meant he didn't come. The pat, I took the pat as almost like no, I don't. It I, was almost almost like de- emasculating to him. But what what the is pat be, was emasculating what is being, him. What what is being cheated on? Really, See, what is the real fear of that? I thought he couldn't either, and that, that was like a, I, I got cuckolded. that too. I got the I got that that he couldn't, and it was like, hey, it's okay, kind of. Pat. I didn't even get that, and no, he was kind of upset. I didn't assume he did not come. I did not assume that he didn't finish. I, and, and when we get into the second half of the story, uh, <laughs> why is this, this is a big topic? Big topic here on Cult Film in Review. Did Bill Pullman finish or not finish? Bill Pullman come? That's the question. That's all about what this film is all about. Let us know in the comments Let below. Me tell you, you thought Bill Pullman came, but did Bill Pullman come? Thank you. David Lynch so for, bring, how many, for bringing in this conversation. <laughs> Thank you. How many Bill Pullman O faces are we going to? No, it is way? kind of it is kind of an important question because I don't know if I saw that. I don't know if I saw that rage either in there, and I think it was because it's just that it's such that bland. It's weird as the movie. It's, it's weird because there is two styles to this movie, right? Yes, there is the the first half. Yeah, there's the, the first half where it's the Bill Pullman story. And then the second half, which is uh, what's the character's name? Balth- Pete. Uh, Pete. Yeah. Yes. Is that Pete? you just really want to say Balthazar? Yeah, you do. I just love his name. Yeah. <laughs> so biblical and weird. Yeah. So, anyways, Pete is, and then the second half is Pete's story. But Pete's story, like, almost feels like uh, an episode of X Files in a way. You know what I mean? Where you're like, there's this mystery of like, well, what happened to him? And then, why isn't he? Because like, mm-hmm. you, like everyone wants to say Bill Pullman's like him. But he doesn't really act like Bill Pullman's character, All right? You yeah. don't pick up on those any of those traits. So it's like it's like the motherfucker can still fix a car. It's not like he gets out of the car. And is like, well, I can't fix it, sir. But I can play this saxophone. <laughs> I mean, like I, nobody's business. Right. <laughs> I, think, I think with a lot of David Lynch films, and I think as we go, we go through the the story, I, I actually don't think that he physically, literally turns into Balthazar. Getty. I don't think so either. Yeah. There's no way that he possibly could. There's no way he could possibly no. could. There's, Especially, there's no, there's no way because I fo- uh, because there there you. 
you couldn't have both. Well, I don't know. Actually, now thinking about thinking through it, it it could potentially something something like supernatural definitely happens in this movie, right? Because that or, and that's given away. That's given away well, at the very end when the cops are looking at the picture and it's the chick with the two guys, but it's not the two chicks anymore. It's just the one. Well, chick. I mean, I actually would say I don't know if it's supernatural as much as it's metaphysical. Yeah, here's. You want or to know? psychological? I think psychological. Yeah, thank you. That's a better word. Psychological, because because what there's a very important piece of dialogue that yeah. basically points to this, and it's when the cops, you know, are questioning him in the room, and he says, "I like to remember things my own way," and they were like, "What do you mean?" And he's like, "Not necessarily the way they happen, but the way I like to remember them," and so. After he goes to jail, after apparently committing this horrendous murder of his wife. While he's in jail, um, he actually, this he what I think it is is he chooses to remember the scenario as a younger person, as a in the scenario that we see with Pete, and that's why you know uh, Patricia Arquette's character plays both. Is that like you know, a is that like a verified theory? Because if on. that's an actual theory, I'm going to jump on your train, Chris. It's 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 a theory that I, other people have had about it, and I see it. I can see it. Okay. Like I actually don't. I don't think it's him. Re- Here's what I think. I don't think it's him remembering it. I think it's him backstoring it for him for his own. That's re- that's what remembering is. No, no, no. For what? What do you mean? Okay. So what I think this film is about, personally, I think it's about. I think it has a very similar theme to Eyes Wide Shut. Right. This is coming to terms with your wife's past, and knowing that like you've married somebody that could be very different. Than she was in the past. Tell right? me about it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> but but it, 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 I think I think that that's what this film is ultimately about. Just like in in that in Eyes Wide Shut, when Nicole Kidman tells Tom Cruise's character, like I saw this uh, sailor and I just wanted to rip his clothes off, and it's the first time ever. He doesn't see that. Like he can't believe that his wife is saying these kind of things, and he realizes for a second there that like. Jesus Christ, like, I don't even know this woman. This security that I had mm-hmm. is gone. Now, in this movie, I think it's a little bit looser, right? I think he kind of he kind of knows her history a little bit, but he doesn't really know it. And I think that's really clear when he's asking her, like, well, what kind of job did Andy offer you? Right, right. So, and then he's like, you know, it's just a fucking job. She knows what fucking so job. So you're saying right? he's exactly. using it to basically justify his actions for what he I did. I think he really looked... I, to some extent, I also th- I think in a, in a David Lynch movie, a lot of it is is more more like here, I said, psychological well, here, and dream like. Here's also my well. Here's also my question for it. Do you think it, it's a story like that? Because I I think it could be. I like where you're going with this, so I'm kind of jumping on this one too. Okay. Do you think that it could be because he didn't because re- he says that line? You know, please tell me I didn't kill my wife. So he doesn't remember, and then he gets thrown in prison for it. Honestly, can and I he makes something? this fucking crazy story up. And that's head. what I think it is because, and 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 here's another reason why huh. too. Mister Eddie uh, translates into his the real world, the world where he killed his wife, and she is the man that he she was sleeping with. Like he caught her, or he he followed her and saw her. You know that she is was that cheating an on him. Where was that at? This is, is that at the very grade? end. This is at the very end. Yeah. Like they I mean, they Mr. start Eddie's kind of definitely... putting together Bill Pullman's uh, the other part of his story. But was okay. Let me ask you this question because it shows because uh, it shows her and uh, uh, Mr. Eddie, which I believe are watching uh, like a snuff film. 
No, it's a porn. No, there's, yeah, there's, no. No, there's a snuff situation. Yes. You're right. There is a moment where, where it's like there's some death going on. Yeah. On the screen, it's it's like him and there's Lisa Boyle. It's like a That's weird what I took it situation as. going on. Yes. There's actually like a bloody, bloody. something yeah, going on. Really see yeah. Very quick. It's very quick. Like eye blinking quick. Mm. But um, it's not, no, it's he, not he's he's I don't think I don't think he was there for this is what I think. I don't think Bill Pullman, the character that we are introduced to at the beginning, was there for any of this other backstory shit. I think he's. This is what he's put together in his Wait, mind. Yeah. Even the, yeah. even the, her, even her and him being a gangster, like Mr. Eddie being a gangster. Do you think that's completely fabricated to make it, make it even like again? Here's here's my wife cheating on me with a gangster. I think yeah. this is justifiable. I mean, I think it, even the guy she was cheating with is a is a is a scumbag. No, I, but I actually, but here's the thing. I actually also think that this these things actually happened to some extent. I, I literally think this is a story about a wife who lived a pretty crazy life, separated herself from that, but had one connection. It was Andy, right? Bill Pullman, who has now married her, she's changed, she's turned over a new leaf, she's a different person, starts picking up on these weird things and fucking snaps. Or he doesn't snap, he doesn't kill her, and this is just a weird way of David Lynch showing that it's 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 just a story about a guy trying to come to terms with his wife's past and having to get past that 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 um that jealousy which you said uh this film was highly influenced on the OJ Simpson trials. Yes. I mean like if anything this is another example of a jealous husband doing some sort of either a murderous act or whatever but like on a psychological level like why is that person doing those acts, you know? I think that like I I don't think you can take any David Lynch film at face value, except Dune and you know maybe Elephant Man or something like that. But this film, I really do feel like these things are not necessarily as important as the overlying theme and the overlying feel that you get what's going on. And that's is why I'm agreeing with Chris. You know the scenes with Bill Pullman between him and Pitcher's Arquette, they're just. You can cut it with a fucking knife. That tension, that fucking—it's just like there's something going on. I can not can I can cut it. it with a butter knife because <laughs> <laughs> it's dull. Yeah, it's just not. Uh, it's not. I don't. I don't get that from it. But that's just uh, me. I don't know. I, I thought the first know. half Here's of a, this film was so yeah. goddamn boring until Pete's story. I was not interested, and then when Pete's story took over, I was super into it. And then by the end of it, I was like, okay, can I ask you guys if, if you think the symbolism in the end is there too? Because I, what I got from it was, um, I I got that he was actually he did commit this murder, he did kill his wife, and that he was sitting in the electric chair, and this is right before the bolts hit. Because at the end, when they're going down the highway, and he just starts shaking, and it's the flashing lights. I'm like, oh, that's him getting the the chair, like. Um. So I could see this is this is a thought process or or a panic like. I could fever get dream. Down with that. I could get down because his skin was you know? definitely like getting weird. Too. Yeah, yeah. I it was bubbling. The yep. way I the way I took it personally was that he he he's these two people, right? There's mm. the Balthazar Kitty character and Pete and and what was the jazz player? What's the, name? Okay, uh, wait, what was his name? Uh, Pete. No, the other guy. What's the jazz player's name? Uh, Fred. Fred. So I think Pete and Fred. Are are the same person, right? <laughs> like I think I don't think Pete exists. Can I be honest with you? I don't think Pete exists. No, I don't. I think, think he Pete does. is just a represent, like his avatar in this weird world that yeah. he's put himself to try to figure out and try to come to terms with his wife thing. But at the end of the film, what I think when he starts Jacob's laddering, um, he like I think he's fighting these two these two trains of thought, the Even- past and what actually in the present. 
And it's him trying to come to terms with that. And I think he's still fighting it See, at the end when he's I, running away. I agree with you that Pete doesn't exist. Yeah. I think Pete is a, is a made-up person that he is telling the story of himself. That and he's whole just world doesn't him. exist, I think. It, it's I don't know, though, but I there's agree. so many things that make you try to think it. Like, his parents, like, that mystery of his parents, like, they fucking saw what happened to him that night, yet won't talk about it. Right. They will not talk about it. And either does his girl, his girlfriend, who also, you know, saw it, mm-hmm. which I thought his I, mind doesn't have an answer. Can I tell for you? That. But the weird thing too is, like, I thought what was going to happen was like when she finds out that he, uh, he's cheating, and she comes to the door and like starts beating him up in, in the front lawn. I was like, oh, this is when he got struck by lightning or what? Because you see like flashes of light. That also makes me wonder: is like, is this man in the already in the electric chair, and that's like the first jolt that hits him, and this is like the flash flash. He sees before he goes off into the fucking next world. Could, I don't know. Could be. It's could possible. Be. I don't know. It's possible. The whole thing. I, I would I would like to think that this is a story he kind of conjured up to deal with the situation, and then he is he is getting uh, yeah. I want to. I'm on your side. I'm on your. I'm on. See. I'm on your camp for that. For this. For yeah. the explanation. Here's the way, but here's the here's the way I see. Oh, and, and, and I come at every David Lynch film this way. I feel like David Lynch being like the type of dude that's like a painter and he just wants you to like feel like I don't think he's I don't he doesn't seem like the type of dude that's really super interested in like yeah, connecting what's, plot points. What's, I think he's the type of person that uh, just wants you to say, what do you feel like? How do you feel about this? Mm-hmm. So like again, I don't think that I'm not saying that you're wrong. I'm not saying that this couldn't be a legitimate excuse as to like he's created this world to try to understand it. I also feel like this world could just be a representation of him trying to understand it. Yeah, it's something unconscious that he's doing. Right. I kind of, I kind of, I kind of fire back against that feeling thing, though. Like, I all the scenes in the beginning, of the first half, are riddled yeah. with tension. I can, I can visually see that, but did I feel something? Not at all. I felt I mean, nothing. That, I had no emotional with subject, response with subjective things like this. I mean, you can easily yeah, but not an emotional feel response is is that's more universal, right? No, not necessarily. Not everybody sees the 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 uh, Mona Lisa as being mm. the most beautiful painting of all time. I certainly don't. But I mean, <laughs> no, I just really How don't. Dare no, you. it's I dogs playing poker. Yeah, of course, <laughs> it's dogs playing poker. Thank you, Cody. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows that. That's easy. Um, no, what? what so then, what's the correlation between what does Pete represent? I guess to Fred. Then that to, is Pete is Fred. Pete I is understand Fred. that, but yeah. there is definitely a His, change in character, and that and that shift. So what is I guess what does it represent? Maybe maybe like that's what, maybe that's his version journey. Of cool. What know. journey is 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 Fred going through by going into this dream? Then is I, there again, is is there a, a, an actual reason to go? I think he's trying to get the girl. He's trying to get the yeah. girl because that's ultimately what it is. Is he's the on, guilt he's of on, killing his wife? He's on the other end, right? So he just wanted his wife to be with him in, in, in his real life, you know? But so in this new life, he's going to steal the girl back from the person who's taking and her away wanna, from like, him. We also got to point out that there are, there are two people in this film, right? The, there's two wives. There's Alice and who's the other girl? Renee. Renee, right. So Renee is who Bill Pullman was married to. And Alice is the person that Balthazar Arzetti, yeah. Getty, uh, that Pete, she's Pete, with Big Eddie, or, right. or Eddie, That's or with whatever. Big Eddie, right? Yeah. But Mr. Eddie, we Mr. know Eddie. we know there's a connection between <laughs> these two Eddie. characters because they both know the same people. Yeah, in both these lives. Well, the different names, right? though. 
Yeah. Different lines. Well, they're, they're clearly the same characters because they both tell the same story. Yeah, same characters with different names. They tell the same, also, story, same story well, about it ties a job. In the, it, ties, she it disappears yeah. in the picture at the end, too. She's not in right. the other one's Obviously. not but in But it, it's, uh, it's that the, in the, uh, the beginning when he says into the, well, you find out later, he says into the speaker box, but that name, like, what, Dick Laurent or whatever. Dick Laurent, he's dead. Dick Laurent's the dude with the fucking table in his head. That's Dick Laurent. No, that's Andy. That was Andy. No, Andy. Dick Laurent no, no. is Mr. Eddie. No. No. Mm. That was no. no, Dick Laurent is is fucking Andy. It's a different that 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 that's so Andy a, says, Yes, I'm dead. No, no, Fred. It's a different because that's what the worlds are getting mixed up, dude. That's why it's confusing. I'm pretty sure. I have sure. no idea that's actually what Dick you're talking Laurent. about. That's not, not who that Dick is. Laurent. I don't Who's know Dick what Laurent you're talking about. That's still, that's still Andy. <laughs> Who's Dick Laurent then? I think it's Mr. Eddie. Mr. Eddie's Dick Laurent. Yeah, he is. Oh, Mr. Eddie is Dick Laurent. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I fucked it up. Go back into it because wa- that, that, that's a really important interaction between Fred and he, Andy. Well, he does kill Miss. You see at the end, he goes down the hall. He kills fucking Mr. Eddie in real life, well, whoever yeah. that is. Right. You know, and like he kill, he ends up killing. But the interaction is also strange, right? Because it's like. What's this? Yeah. What's the symbolism behind the bathroom? He, he goes up to Andy and he says, who is this dark figure who is played by Robert Blake? Who is he? Who Who is that guy? And he goes, I think he's one of Dick Laurent's friends. Yeah, I don't know his name. And he goes. Um, Dick but Laurent's I thought, dead. I thought Dick, yeah, Dick Laurent's dead. And he goes, yeah, wait, hold on. Wait, how do you know that? No, he's not dead. Like, it's this weird moment where he, he backtracks on this idea that he's dead. Like, which leads you to believe, yeah. like, either this has already happened or it hasn't happened. Or it's already this happened. is all in his mind. And how do you, have you, how do, how have you already figured this out yet? Like, it's a weird moment that you have to think about, like... And it really foreshadows what I feel like what's going to go happen. I mean, it really foreshadows what's going to happen at the end of the film. Right. You know? Right. But I definitely think that was, yeah, that was like the reality breaking through his whatever fantasy before his death. So he already knew he did this. I think he's on the chair. I'm I'm going with the chair theory. He definitely could be. I'm not saying you're wrong. He's in a Jacob's Ladder situation. He's a Jack. He's he's laddering. He's He's laddering. Jacob laddering. He's laddering right (laughs) now. It's the only thing that makes sense. I went to this place. They made me wait there forever. There was a guy guarding the door. In another room, there was this other guy lifting weights. I started getting nervous. When it got dark. I do I do enjoy the second half of the film a lot more. I do enjoy Pete's story a lot more. But and then they, that's the other thing too is you have uh, Patricia Arquette. She's playing right. Is that who it is? Yeah, mm-hmm. she's playing um, two characters, Renee and Renee, Renee, and they're played both very differently. Very differently. Very very differently. And let me ask you guys a question because this is something I thought too. Do you think that um, Fred would ever have? Dated, married Alice, and do you think Renee would ever have gone after Pete? No, I feel like yeah, right. Yeah, there was a part of me that also felt that way. That like something about the way Renee—you can tell Renee and Alice are different people. Yes, like yes, the way they act and the way they are. Mm-hmm. Right. I also, I, I really don't think. That the, uh, I the, think 
I think Alice is more a little more extroverted, like with with you know you see that side of her like oh, being promiscuous or whatever. But with Renee, it's hidden. Like I, it's you're not supposed to know about it. No, I think she's. I think no. I think with. But you're seeing her. Wait, you think Renee is the the one that's least promiscuous? She's the one that has an affair. She's the one that's. So does the other. So does Alice. We don't know that Alice has an affair. She's with Mister Eddie, and then she hooks up with fucking what's his name? Yeah, that's well, she affair. cheats on. She cheats on. Yeah, she cheats I mean, on Mister yeah, Eddie. Okay, I, 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 yeah, there's a part of me that feels like that's just both in his wives head, but are yeah. unfaithful. Yeah, that is like a common that's thing. a thing that runs but, in between this. Yeah, so I agree. With but that. but Alice is definitely more plotting and evil. I feel like than Alice. Yeah, yeah, she is for sure. Is yeah. Alice like is more hair? plotting. Renee's like yeah. a sad wife that's like hooking up like on the side for whatever that's reason. True. Like, yeah, I get that. Alice is definitely the one one that's going to take. She's more likely going to take control in in that end situation, and more likely the one that's going to be like. We didn't kill shit. You killed him, you know. Where, yeah. Whereas I think Renee, the wife, yes, she she would not feel. She's just she's just more like kind more of meek, meek or beaten down. She's kind of sneaking around, <laughs> like kind of like sad. Yeah, but, I don't, but wait, it, but if 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 Mister Eddie's dead at the beginning of the movie, so is she, then she's not cheating on Fred. No, I think this, like I said, I already there's a this, scene this, of her. There's a scene of her the, leaving. There, there's still the scene of her leaving with, with um, Andy. With Andy, well, I, what I think it is is it de- just because just because um, Mr. Ed, am I saying that right? Just because Mr. Ed, Mr. Mr. Eddie, Mr. Eddie. Mr. Eddie is dead, quote unquote, at the beginning of the film, doesn't mean that she wasn't previously unfaithful and that's what he's picking up See, on i took this can i be on i took this as this is all the stuff that's happening with pete this whole thing this is before he ever entered the picture i think she slept with dick laurent way before that i think she if if she slept with andy it was before that i think this like what i Do you think she lived that 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 like porno style no, lifestyle i, be- I honestly believe that renee has is is over it all but she, what you believe she was in that porno, yes, that's like th- that's what I think. Underground, yes, eight that, millimeter. That is shit. what I think that this no. film is about. I think it is a husband who is trying to come to terms with his wife's past. He can't get over this retroactive jealousy that he has. This idea that his wife did all of these fucking things. She's not giving him a straight answer, and he has to come to terms with this, and he's jealous about it. But it's all shit that she's get, she's kind of left behind. I can other see that. Than the fact that she's still hanging out with Andy. I can see that. It'd be hard, mm. dude. It'd be hard to have. Listen, it would be hard to have a wife that you know has done some like. Why'd you fucking marry her? Crazy shit like that. Because I don't think he knows it at that well, time. I, I think actually. He, no, I'm just answering his question. Oh, okay, I kind of think it's like his. He knows his wife is having an affair, but his mind is making up all of these like scenarios that you these like crazy insane scenarios about her past and then and what she's done, what she could well, be doing, yeah. and like and and that's what that's kind of the story that you see when, turn, when it turns into when it turns into um, God Balthazar's story. Right, but here's the thing: I don't think his wife is having an affair. I think she is. I got she, the vibe she's no, totally No, I got was. the vibe that he was just... I totally got the vibe she was. He just can't get past the fact that she might have an affair. I don't At think... At the end, they show they show her having an affair yeah. of the movie. With who? With Mr. Eddie but Mr. in Eddie's real dead life. By no, this in time. real life. Not his, he's not Mr. Eddie in real life. You're saying Dick Laurent. You're saying... But Dick Laurent is dead at this point. Well, I think it's showing the, the killing of Dick, Dick yeah, Laurent in is. real life. Is it what is. what Chris is saying. Yes. 
That is a Here's real. Here's what I think. I think that his wife slept with Dick Laurent in the past before she married him. I thought no. I and think, I think I now think... he's 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 making that connection, and he can't get over the fact that this happened. I think that's happening currently. It's sure. happening currently. Yeah. I think he's killing uh-huh. Dick Laurent. Then he shows up and he fucking kills her. Yes. Yeah, because I think that's a, it's. I take the killing of Dick Laurent as him trying to work through this shit. No, I think like he's if I can killing get her for rid of real. This guy, if I can get rid of this guy in my mind, then I won't be jealous of my wife anymore. He killed Dick Laurent in real life. for real life. But Dick, but Dick Laurent was represented as Mr. Eddie in his yes, mind. Yes, in his psyche. Like, his I don't, know, I don't know that he killed Dick Laurent in real life. He did. He totally I think he's did. killing him in his mind. No, he totally does, because the movie ends with now, modern now, which is he kills Dick Laurent, Wait, what? Just because he turns from Balthazar, turns from Pete back to Fred? What? No, At the cabin? That's, no, that's not. Yeah, that's an awesome change, huh? <laughs> no, I, I think, I think what we're seeing at the end is what's really happening. He's really? killing Dick Laurent for real. See, in yeah. my mind, in my, from what I gathered from it, I saw that as everything, all of that shit, everything from Pete, even beyond Pete, is not real. I don't think any of that is real. I but think it snaps but, but back not, into I think this is all stuff that's happening in his weird dream-like fantasy of how he's trying to come to terms with it. I think it's yeah, all representative but, of something but else. The whole that whole end scene with the hotel and all that stuff isn't Pete anymore. It's done. It's back to it's it's back to Fred. I think I said the name right. right. Fred, Fred's actual wife banging Dick Laurent. Right. And he kills Dick Laurent and then goes exactly. home and kills his wife. What Chops I, her up. Here's wh- and that's that sets off him getting arrested and going to jail. Yeah. See, I don't even know yeah. if he... Uh, he wasn't even bloody. Exactly oh, on. He wasn't even, even he bloody him. when he came out of the house and ran him from the cops, though. He never came out of the cops and ran, house and ran from the cops. He simply walked up to the door and then yeah. left. So when did he commit the murder, then, of See, his wife? But can I be honest? I don't even know if he killed his wife. I don't think... I think the, the killing of his wife really is just... Don't, you is don't just really him. ever see him murder his wife. That could even be representative of him just ruining his life and getting a divorce. Yeah, that seems a little... Oh. I mean, I get where you're coming from, that David Lynch is an artist, and he's going to throw up at Vinyas, but even that seems a little stretchy. <laughs> Why is it stretchy? It's not stretchy. No, it's not stretchy. Yeah, I can see I, it. It's just a different interpretation. I, if it was it, Stretchy is like when you're, when you're trying to piece something together and you're going way off... Like it's not way off the thing. If we, don't don't define a word I just invented, sir. <laughs> okay. I mean, we definitely can't. Like, for instance, you're not making yourself look better. Doing Robert that. Blake's character, like, what the fuck is he? All Dude, I'll, I tell, was, I, I'll tell you what. What? I think he is. Okay. What all do right. you think he is? Because I have no idea. Well, he's the one character that that goes back and forth between both stories. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's in both stories. I you think, think he's the I think Sam. He's the, I think he is the dark side of Bill Pullman. Okay. I think he's the dark side of Bill Pullman, and he's he's the one who kind of triggers you know him to go into the the state uh, like especially when he goes back into mm. he ducks into the the god why can't i think of his fucking name the kid pete pete, pete. He goes ducks back it's into tough. pete's story so basic. i'm trying to think of when he pops well, up if it's in negative thing moments. i kind of i kind of see of where jealousy. i kind of see where chris is going with that i want i want to piggyback on that a little, uh, as well i think that that blake's character is I thought I took it a little more as that he was offering up like he he was the part in the back of the head that was saying like even though you're making this shit up dude you you know what fucking actually happened that's why every time he spoke to our main character whether he was Pete or Fred it would trigger him to start crying because he'd be rushed with like the truth of what's going on in his life he also always had an electronic device on him 
that was weird. Yeah, he represents. Like he, re- he represents uh, the two thousands. I yeah, definitely cell phone, think that he's walkie-talkie, technological he, rape. He's, he's definitely whether or not, whether he's a, a <laughs> version of Fred, like a dark side of Fred. He's somehow a narr a narrator to his, or I should say, a guide. Yeah. And and he has a some watcher. influence. Like he, he, I wouldn't say he's a watcher. Well, I'd say he has an influence. In I'm just making. I'm just, I'm just making he, words uh, up, dude. He Don't, says the something, Don't he, listen to me. He says something kind of important, though. I think you might say what exactly what I think he says. Say. He says. He says, you know, call, call your house. He says, call your house. I'm there. Why are you at my house? Because you invited me. Yeah. That line is basically like. And when he calls him, he is there in his house. That's like the darkness of of Fred, like being becoming present, like it's, it's in definitely, his so, life. It's definitely a if, character that Fred asked that wants to be there for whatever reason. Can I guys tell you something? I didn't pick yeah. up. This is a true story. I didn't pick up on so much of that tension that you guys were talking about in the first half of the film. Okay. When he said that line that Chris just said, like, uh, uh, what was it? You invited me. You invited. You, you, no, because you, he says you have to. You have to invite, there are like you invited me. There, he basically says they're like rules. Yeah. He's like a vampire. Yeah, I thought he was gonna be a goddamn vampire. <laughs> I was like, oh, I did too. When I heard that, I was like, I was like oh, oh not, vampire not movie. Allowed, not allowed to come in unless you get invited. Da- in. Okay. Yeah, I was like David Lynch vampire movie. Guy looks like a vampire. He's creepy. I'm sure it'll be weird. I'm sure nope. this will be a weird fun nope, movie. Nope, just, that's just, just nope. That's a Hollywood, uh, you know, regular right there. Yeah, that's so, just, that's what, just Blake what, covered. Is in, he just uh, a man in black? What is he? Is he the dark man? The mystery man. Mystery man in black. Yeah. Um, so there's two other scenes that I think are really important about him, that, like where he really kind of well, shows. He only has two, so no, make, has, him, make no. him count. So there's the scene where he's explaining to Pete. Um, well, there's two of them, and he said, what, 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 "I think he says, no, her name is not Renee. It's just Alice. She tells her her name is anything else. She's, She's lying." lying. Yeah. Which, to me, this is the way I took it. Like going back to my theory about this film is like, it's it's Fred trying to say like. Trying, trying to come to terms with the fact that his wife maybe has has turned over a new leaf, but he can't get over the fact that she had to be this old person, and no one changes that way. No one changes, right? Like if she was the type of person that would do a, uh, a fucking sex film with some weird mobster, she's the type of person that would do it now. I would, right? So he still sees her as this representation, which is Alice, this fucking weird blonde that's running around, right? The second scene, which I think is very interesting is the killing of Mr. Eddie. The knife that's being placed into Fred's hand is coming from yeah, this mystery man. He exactly. hands it to him. Right. Like conveniently hands it to right, him. Right. When you think throughout this film that maybe like this mystery man is working for Mr. Eddie because they have scenes together. But in reality he like wants him to die. He just wants this to end. That's true. He does they yeah, do, well, have, think about Mr. Eddie the, do have scenes together. Think about how weird that fucking scene was though with that. They have like one scene together. And it's like when he calls him on the phone, he says, I'm really glad you're doing okay, Pete. I'm I'm really glad to hear you're doing okay. Hey, there's somebody here that wants to talk to you. Yeah. You know, and then it goes over to the mystery man and they have their their conversation or whatever. And then it goes back and he's like, I'm really glad you're doing okay. It's almost like a broken record kind of a that situation. That was the hardest if of all the scenes of this film, that was the hardest one for me to try to like wrap. No, my dude, I got it, I got it. I just figured it out because Mike he sparked my interest earlier with the divorce thing. All right, go for it. It's like it's like that's the call you get, you know, like from the ex who's found somebody else. You know, hey, I just hope that you're doing all right because she knows he's not over it. Hope you're doing, you know. I see it as a representation of. And then his the dark female. side starts talking to him, which is the mystery man. Mm-hmm. He starts telling him the truth, if yeah. you will. 
you know, and like being very weird and being like, I am you basically kind of shit. Was the, what if the guy she cheated with was in, was a, like a close personal friend? It wasn't. It was Mr. Durant. <laughs> Yeah, I'm again, again, Mr. I, Durant. I mean, whatever his name was. Again, up to debate. I, I, I actually really don't Dick think. Laurent. I really don't think Renee cheated on his on her husband. Well, we were split. We are. We are going to remain split. We're going to remain middle, split on that. So. I, I really, I, I really do think that this is just agree to disagree. It's a, it's a cheating that's going on in his head, and he's trying to wrap. Oh, he's trying I think to, it's real, man. to get. Let's uh, let's talk about my favorite part of this film, at least. Okay, uh, which is the technical side of it. Sure. Um, <laughs> the lighting. Is phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, the camera work and movement is amazing. Um, but the, the acting doesn't do it for me. But that's okay. Uh, but yeah, no, I would. Some of the shots in this movie and oh, some I thought of, you were gonna keep going. Some of the um, some of the lead ups. I, I don't know how to like some of the like a pan like camera movement like, in general. Yes, is really is is really on point. It's the, very light, the lighting the lighting is is on point and helps to really. Drive home kind of mystery, intrigue, and confusion with the use of shadow play in some scenes. The shadow play is so good. It, it, they do. He does a great job of that. The yeah, thing that play. I, the, technically speaking, that I disagree with is the music choices. <laughs> oh, See, God. I was gonna actually say, like, I think there's some songs that really work in this. Yeah, uh, but the, uh, the the Rammstein bits at the end, I felt like was a little too heavy. Like hand- I thought it was too heavy handed. Honestly, the there was it, there. Yeah. It felt like it. It just. It, too, it felt like it was just a little it dated bit the movie too, too hard. much. Just a touch See, too I'm not, much. I'm not a big fan of Rammstein, so I think that really played into it for me as well. Uh, I don't mind Rammstein. See, I'm actually. not a big fan. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm not a big fan. Like, either, I don't but I don't mind. This, I, don't I think mind it dated music. the movie. I, I honestly think it dated the I movie. I thought I thought it was just too 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 much energy and too aggressive for the feeling and emotion there's, that I was getting from the characters on there's screen. There's two things that 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 I would say were the sellout moments of this movie and people can disagree with me and I'm sure this will probably make people mad and it's the music and Marilyn Manson. Yes, it was thank like you. It was like let's throw necessary. let's throw in old Marilyn. And he then, said he wants to do acting. Yeah, that was a bit, that was a big sell on mine. You didn't think it was the the close up of the Ford logo when the cops oh, show up? Like, up. <laughs> it like stays on that. And I know like this. Hey, Henry Rollins was in this too. Henry Rollins was in this. I know yeah. that's what I mean. It's like let's throw in all the cool rockers and throw in all the yeah, cool hip. I, I think you're right. Rock music. Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, Nine Inch Nails and shit on the soundtrack. Like, I mean, they were. Oh, was that Nine Inch Nails? I, were, thought that, I thought that was Smashing Pumpkins. No, they're that would they're on there yeah. too. They're on there too. Oh, yeah. yeah, so they're playing in the dude, background. This, and the, the soundtrack probably made more money than the movie did. Honestly, it, it, yeah, it for the time, this was like everybody on this shit was like hot. I think some of it was a little over, like done, and it was a little much. Like, tr- like it was almost like a Crow City of uh, like Angels, you know, <laughs> or like a Crow soundtrack. It's like really just cramming those like heavy metal bands in there that are hot right now. Uh, but at the same time, there were a couple times, there were a couple moments where I'm like, you know what, this like adds to the just the eeriness of this movie. Oh, no, it did not did add not. eerie vibe, no. man. I'm sorry. This is the thing. Maybe this is just yeah, me, me in general. Uh, I guess in terms of thinking about music and structure and films like there are rare moments I feel like where you're you're feeding me a drama and heavy metal is the answer or hard rock is the answer <laughs> goth because rock it, is the answer the, thro- the problem is like un- <laughs> unless it's like some crazy weird frantic music similar in, uh, to uh, like a funny games where it's just this like hectic kind of shit and it kind of fuels into the vibe of the film like this one it just it's too much. It, it it's too much, and it's usually too high, and it almost sucks me out of the film a little Can, bit. It takes I, me out of the the out of the world that he's built for me, and I'm pulled away a little bit. There is actually a. 
I, I, and I'm not saying it's effective by any means. I'm just saying that I've I've noticed that as being a thing that he does. Like a razorhead is a really great example of, and I've I've seen documentaries about like the making of that film, and I know that Lynch likes to do this thing where he tries to get a conflicting audio with a with a conflicting visual, right? Yeah. So like it's like a, a like a beautiful scene. To maybe Rammstein, you That's know, fine. or like in, in Razorhead, there's a lot of like <laughs> screeching of metal. There is, yeah, just because he's going up an elevator or some right, shit. Like, right, right. there's a lot of weird things that happen. It's very auditorily offensive. Yeah, like he's trying. He's trying to actually. He's he's actually purposely trying to pull you away from the scene so that you feel like you're not in any one place at once. And I I, I don't know if he was trying to do that in this film, but I mean. That's the only thing. That's oh, the only way I can justify the. I think he was scene. trying to ca- cash in on. I think he was trying to cash in on the popularity of this music well, at know. the time. But yeah. But I, I'm, you know, I just, I'm just saying, like it did. Yeah, some of it is a little much, but I don't think it totally. I know took Cody, away from the film. You mentioned a point about like <sighs> on to on, each their own, man. On it, where you were like, it, it, it's the aesthetic of like the '90s mixed with the '50s. Yeah. Which, like, is actually popular this time. Like, this is like. I feel like this is the David Lynch film that Tarantino could have shot <laughs> that's actually just David Lynch shooting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it has a Tarantino vibe. It's a very highlized, very stylized, you know? I can see where you see that. Well, um, yeah. Not quite as much as, uh, not Wild at Heart. Um, what's the one with the Elvis one? Uh, 3,000 Miles to Graceland. No. Chris, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, help me out here. That's uh, Wild uh, Heart. Is it Wild, wild heart? at Heart? Is it Wild at Heart? Wild at Heart, right? Yeah. That's what you're talking about with Nicolas Cage and Nicolas Laura Dern. Right. I feel like that's the one that is the most <laughs> like, and, uh, 90s meets 50s. I'm glad you're able to get a joke in this episode. <laughs> All right, well, let's rate this <laughs> Mammer. Okay. I don't even know what I want to rate it, though. Jammer. Oh, I already gave you an answer. Bill Pullman O faces. <laughs> let's rate it Pat's on the back. Pat's <laughs> on the back. Uh let's you know what? I feel like Kyle's looking chipper. Oh, I'm that was I'm no, I'm good. What's Ooh. up? And he is ready to review Lost Highway. Kyle, hmm. how many pats on the back are gonna give Lost Highway? I don't want to give it like a two point five. I'm gonna go middle of the road on it. I mean, here's the thing. Like I came into this room. Kind of being like dumbfounded, thinking, okay, well, I just missed some shit. And yeah. I heard a fantastic fan theory from Chris that I really latched onto and I agreed with. So I'm like, okay, there's got to be more to it. So I can't just say, I can't rate this movie poorly because I didn't get it. But that being said, it's not going to go higher than 2.5 as of right now because the first half of the film is just kind of, it's, it's, um, uh, at least for me, my interpretation of, of what I actually felt in the film is kind of void of, of feeling. Like, I'm just seeing vignettes that aren't, maybe they're just not painted well enough for me to emotionally respond to them. I don't know. That could be the case. The second half of the film, I think, is definitely a more entertaining film. It's it's written, maybe maybe it's a little chop, maybe it's a little snappier or whatever. Um, I guess I'll have to see it again. But I will say, for my second David Lynch film on the show, like... Y'all haven't sold me yet, so keep them coming. <laughs> I haven't found I haven't found that one where I go ho ho. Two point five for two point five pats in the back. That's two and a half pats. I don't know how you're gonna do a half pat, but well, she only has two fingers. Good <laughs> luck with that. Um, I'll go next. Half a hand, because I'll let I'll let the 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 lovers go last. You don't know that. What if I bomb this? Uh, what do I? Oh, bash he, this he could do. He could that do. Would, a, that would. 
It's, it's it would, not even going to happen. Yeah, I think Mike should go next because I don't. We we don't want the two that don't like it. Yeah, we to don't. Go. The, yeah, we don't know where Cody's going to go. Yeah, Cody, Cody got turned watch. around this episode. We don't know where Cody's going to go, but it's a very weird thing that he would make that comment. I'm just going to call your bluff on this one. Um, I would go on to say that I am also at two and a half oh, pats on the back. I know it. He. He, he, it's a, that's what in poker you call a tell. The safe bet. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not the safe bet. It's the thing is like I really like the technical stuff on this. I agree with Kyle. First half of the film, I could give a shit less about. Honestly, dude, I was so happy when it was over. Mm. When it switched stories, I was like, thank God, because I can't stand like, like I'm sorry, but Bill Pullman has never been a good actor to me. He's always just been Bill Pullman in a in a movie. Mm. He's got the. It's never been like who I'm. I'm a gobble character. No, it's hey, I'm Bill Pullman. How are you? He's kind of like Owen Wilson. He never really changes, <laughs> but he's not funny. Except except Bill Pullman's just always been old. Yeah, he has always been old. <laughs> he's that. He has always old been Pullman. Four, he's always been forty five. <laughs> and I just saw the new Independence Day. And yeah. they try to make it like this happened like twenty years later or some shit. Yeah, and he looks, looks the same. same. Looks like, exactly now same. he's now he's not aging. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just frozen in time. It's gone from like that twenty year old looks old as fuck to now that fifty year old looks great. <laughs> but there's a lot of technical stuff I like about this movie too, like the camera shots, the lighting. Um, I don't really enjoy the music, but like there's and then there's like just really cool stuff. Like I loved the uh, cabin that would just reverse explode every time you saw it, I'm, and it just looked amazing to me. Uh, there's just the things in there like that. Like visually, I like this movie a lot. Um, so that's why I'm at a 2.5. Story-wise, I, honestly, I didn't really care for any of the... The characters were so bland and so um, void of emotion, I feel like, in the beginning, it made me not care what happened for the rest of the movie as far as to those characters. Until they changed to different people, and then I cared. I don't know. That's me. 2.5. Okay. Mike? Well, you're right. I'm not going to give it a bad score at all. Uh, Everybody could see that coming with a mile away. So every David Lynch film I ever see, I always think like, then this is my favorite. <laughs> I, it's true. Like when I saw like, before Blue Velvet, I was like, yeah, it's 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 Mulholland Drive. And before Mulholland Drive, it was a Razorhead. And now it like again, like I watch this film and I'm like, God damn it, you're right. This fucking movie's great. Like I, every time I see a David Lynch film, that's what I get. So, anyways, yeah, I, I, I saw this film again and, and like I'd seen it before, you know, but like. I, I really liked it. Again, I was like, oh, yeah, this is the one that, like, for me, this is the most action-packed uh, Lynch film. I oh, think. man, I am not looking forward to the rest. John, Holy I am fuck. done then. Out, tapping That's out. That's weird. I don't know. Anyways, I, for me, I disagree with you that Bill Pullman's a bad actor. Actually, one scene that I can particularly say that I thought was pretty interesting was either David Lynch crept up on uh, Bill Pullman or he just reacted like a real scared person would. That scene where he's like walking through the the hallway to the, like the red curtain, which is like where his bedroom is, um, a can like the camera is in point of view, and it goes up behind him, and he turns around, and he does that scared motion that isn't like a fucking scream queen would, like ah! you know, it's more like, oh my god, my fucking heart jumped, like, and he just kind of calms down, and he like looks at it really closely, like that's how you would react to a real thing in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. is what the fuck is that? What is that? What is that? Mm. No, really, what is that? Oh like he God. gets really close into it. <laughs> you um, named one scene. What's that? <laughs> no, I. Cody's I, cracking me up here. I, so. I, I, I actually like as much as the fucking saxophone scenes look fucking ridiculous. Like, 
I feel like there's a purpose behind him, and I think he acts as him. I just do pretty I mean, well. He's good at staring. He gives me a very. Uh, I know you guys disagree. He gave me a really good feel of like, yeah, he was he was rage filled. He was trying to hold it in. Man, not 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 Anyways, a drop of that. Did I so, get? Uh, if if you guys didn't notice already, uh, I'm gonna give this one a four point five pats on the I back. I thought it was I'm a five. Fucking... I'm surprised it's a half. Why nah. did you knock the half down? Because, again, like, with every Daily Lich film, I think one of them is the other one, so I don't want to go beyond the bar, because maybe I want to give, maybe I want to give fucking Inland Empire a five. I don't fucking know. <laughs> maybe. We could do, we still have to do Wild at Heart, too. We have to do Wild at Heart. I think that might be one of the more action-packed David Lynch You're movies. probably right. That's the one that's more, like, like almost feels like it's on cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. Chris! Uh, I like this movie. I've always liked this movie. And every time I watch it, I like it a little bit more because I think I take away a little bit, uh, another piece of the story. And like I said in the beginning, to me, a David Lynch film, it might be abstract. It you know, might just be art- artistic and just throwing, throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. But it, it doesn't feel like that to me. So you know, when I watch his films, I like to kind of decipher what this might mean or what, you know, if anything, or I like to put my own meaning on it, you know, if, if, if it doesn't mean anything, but that's, what's fun about watching his films and they are slow paced. If you're not into slow paced films, like it's, it's hard to get into this ends a little bit more on the faster, you know, side, but, um, you know, the beginning I think is necessary, even though you guys think it's pretty slow and boring, like it sets up into me what you know, what, what is the rest of the film? So, you know, it, it doesn't bother me. I like the mood that it creates. I do feel the tension in it, but that's because I find myself getting pretty sucked into David Lynch movies for some reason. Uh, might be the lighting, might be the sound, might, it could be everything combined, but I just feel like a little bit hypnotized by them when I watch them. So I'm giving this a... I'll give it a 4.5 as well. 4.5 pats on the back. I can I could continue to watch this and enjoy it. That's it, guys. There you have it. That is our show for this week. Uh, do us a favor. Head over to Facebook. Follow us there. Head over to uh, Instagram. Follow us at Cult Film underscore review. Also on Twitter, Cult Film underscore review. Make sure you check out on iTunes. All of our episodes are now available. That yes. That is crazy. So go. There's 130 some odd episodes. 138. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's today. 138. Would that be 39 when this releases? No, because this is still 138. <laughs> uh, regardless of where we're at, this is always going to be 138. There it is. <laughs> that's my new movie, by the way. Regardless of where we're at. Oh, I thought it was going to be 138. Was going to be your new movie. I was no. like, oh, that's some kind of like. It's 100, 138 drive. hours starring. Yeah. Uh, starring Cody Everett. Starring Cody Everett. <laughs> In his own movie. About it's Cody Everett. About it's kind podcasting. Of, kind of, kind of right. Sometimes they're forty-five minutes long, but yeah, generally they're an hour long. Yeah, about. Yeah. Uh, so after that, you can uh, oh, wait, wait, wait before. Yeah, I'm that. trying to pull. We have a review. All right, so uh, we got a review here. This one is five-star review left by uh, user Kyle Bunnies. Digging the name. Kyle's a great name. Title of this one is probably the best of its kind. Old statement. Let's see how he follows it up. Okay. I love the podcast. When I listen, I feel like I'm hanging out with a bunch of friends. They guys are silly and easy to listen to. The thing that puts this podcast over others like it is the fact that they are analytical without being overly critical or 
knock a movie for not living up to today's PC standards, and they take a movie for what it is. He goes on to say, my only complaints are that they are too fun to listen to, so it goes by very quick, and that their back catalog isn't available on Apple Podcasts. Get on it, fellas. We just did. (laughs) We just did. Great stuff. Love the podcast. Here's to many more. Here's to it. No, thank you for writing that five-star review. Kyle Bunnies, I really appreciate it. All right, guys, you can follow Kyle. You can follow me on Instagram at cultfilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at cultfilm underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow my at Mike Salucio on Twitter. And you can follow me at VHS Collect on Instagram. That's the show. Remember, if you're going to join the cult, just make sure they watch good movies. We'll see you next time.